Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Today's episode is also brought to you by G-Site Solutions. G-Site Solutions is the number one dry fire laser training system. With the best variety of targets from tactical to game strategy, you download and activate the free app to your iPhone or Android. The Elms Plus laser cartridge is the only laser cartridge in the world with replaceable rubber strike pads. This allows you unlimited shots. You can work on your trigger press, your sight picture, your grip, your stance, and your breathing, all in the comfort of your own home while tracking how your accuracy improves. Look, repetition is the mother of skill. And as a former hunter education instructor and certified NRA pistol and range safety officer, I know the importance of consistent training to stay proficient and safe. G-Site Solutions Dry Fire Laser Training System does just that without going to the range and using up expensive ammunition. Head over to g-site.com and check out all their available products. And tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and ice down a cooler, I drive that old back road until it ends. At the rope and We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. Twenty thousand dollar horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I've just been uh, super, super busy, and I've got a lot of people lined up but uh, to, to be on the, on, on the podcast. But I wanted to get Dave on here. He just uh, won an event on a horse he's trained. I, I, believe, it's, I believe it's a four-year-old, but I'll, we'll let Dave tell us about that. But anyway, I wanted to have him on there. This just happened this last week, um, and uh, he'll tell us all about that. But a couple other things, too. Uh, I've got some new apparel getting ready to drop at NRS here in a couple of weeks. So it'll be available on our website as well. Uh, it's a new logo that uh, it's pretty cool. And um, I liked it so much. I had it tattooed on my forearm last week. So I uh, hope you guys like that. Check that out. You buy that stuff. It helps support the podcast and we appreciate it. So uh, I met Dave through a friend of mine, uh, Randy Reiner, who's a equine dentist. He came to Wickenburg and I think they were, they were doing some horses. Dave was helping him at that time with that. Anyway, we, we ended up meeting and uh, 
and we just kind of became, you know, friends after that. He's been back, back up to Wickenburg a few times. And, uh, I, I don't know. He'll, I'll have to have him let us tell us, but I, I think he was just getting ready to start his, his horse training, uh, business full time. But anyway, that's how I met Dave and that's how we know each other. And uh, he lives in Weatherford, Texas. So, uh, we're going to get him on here and let him tell us all about it. So, Dave, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Dan, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Yeah. So, yeah, so when we met, uh, you were just helping Randy at that time uh, with some of the equine dentistry stuff. Um, obviously, you'd been training horses, you know, before that as well, I'm sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. But um, tell us about the, this event that you just that you just won and, and what, what that was. Absolutely. Well, I was a reserve champ in my division in the limited uh, at the American Rope Horse Futurity Association's World Championships here in Fort Worth, Texas last weekend. And I did it on a, a four-year-old called Drifting Eyes. He's by the Jack of Diamonds, a stud my brother owns. He's a pizza bread stud. And uh, I had raised that colt uh, from uh, Wingland and uh, sold him as a two-year-old when he was pretty nice. I uh, really liked that colt. Sold him to a guy named Curtis Whiskey out in Las Vegas, and he's left him in my program ever since. And uh, we've got a great working relationship together. Curtis will fly him and rope on him and ride him a bit a few times a year. And, uh, man, we had him ready to go home at Jackpot and World Series on, and I just said, hey, let's uh, – Give the security a shot. I think it'll uh, be all right. And uh, we did. We had a good show, and it was fun. I felt like there's some parts in the rounds. I look back and wish I could have done better uh, showing my horse, but I think the horse for that big stage worked really, really nice for a four-year-old. I'm really proud of him, really pleased with him. Yeah, now, uh, were, were you raised on a ranch? Were you raised, you know, riding horses and stuff? Or how how did you get into, into it? Man, I was not raised on a ranch. Uh, we were we were uh, northeast Louisiana in the country, and uh, my dad we made our own horses. We uh, did the play day thing in 4-H and uh, that when I was younger. And then as I moved into high school, I started team roping. And again, these were all our horses that we trained. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money to go out and buy fancy horses, so we made them. And I learned a lot then. And a lot of the groundwork I still do today is from my dad. Uh, he taught me so much about that. And, uh, of course, at the time, you wish you had finished horses like your buddies did, but it made me better, and it made me appreciate it more, I believe. Uh, so we grew up competing on horses we made and, and uh, was lucky to, lucky to be a part of kind of that Western lifestyle my whole life, really. Yeah. Now I, I know that I know you're you're a good roper. Um what number are you in in World Series or Man, I'm just a five elite. I just say I'll stay training a lot. I don't get dinner as much uh, right. as I'd like to, but I love the training aspect of it too. So a lot of weekends or evenings where I should be maybe go in somewhere I'm on a two-year-old making them. That's a lot of my business here is just making the two-year-olds. Uh, that's the vast majority of what I do is making two-year-olds, whether they're going to be futurity colts or just jackpot horses. I'm putting the first, oh, somewhere between 100 uh, days on to like the first six months on them. Sometimes I get them started uh, in a brow run, maybe roping the leads here this morning, later on if they're with me a little longer. And then every now and then I get to keep one like I have this horse captain and take him through the whole thing. And that's pretty fun too, to see the whole end result and win on him a bit. So, so a lot of people will, will bring you a horse, like you said, a two-year-old 
and you get them started, you get all the groundwork done, sure. you get them going, and then <clears throat> you give them back to them, and they kind of take them from there. Essentially, yeah, a lot of times. Uh, like I said, probably it's probably three quarters of my business. And other part, I get to, I get to take them from a snaffle and put them in a bridle and get them riding around a little sharper and right. uh, take them a little further. But yeah, essentially, that's what I do. Is the two-year-old starting deal, and most of them are going to be team roping horses. It's, it's the vast majority of my business. Yeah, and then you know. Are there some horses that you get that that you just go, this horse is is not going to make it, or you know, I mean, what what's your what's your mindset on that? I mean, I know I know there's there's all different kinds of theories and people have all different practices, but I just I'm interested in, in yours. What you know, how you feel about that? You know, some horses that just can't take the pressure of of uh, you know becoming a rope horse, or some horses just don't have the the attitude or the, the ability, whatever it may be. Uh, do you ever get any horses like that that you just like you know? you'd be better off to get another horse or Man, I'm blessed out here, Dan, we're living where I live. I get some pretty cool horses to start uh, for some good blood lives and nice confirmation on them. You know, some nicer than others, obviously, but I feel like horses are a lot like us and they have different learning levels and learning abilities. Right. Uh, I don't know if that sounds crazy or not, but I've always felt like that. Some some guys pick it up real quick in the classroom growing up, and it's not a problem. And some guys are hands-on learners, and some guys they're going to pick things up in second grade that other guys are going to pick up in seventh grade. Uh, right. It doesn't mean that they don't have a place in this world or a job in this world. So I think every horse, if you take enough time with them, has a job, you know, has a mind and a body where they can do a job. Uh, I'm not saying they can all be elite real horses, but they don't all always ha have to be elite. Right. Uh, there's there's only 15 guys that make the NFR every year, but there's tens of thousands of guys that rope in the World Series all year long. And those horses, while nice horses, maybe not be the horse that Ren Rashad needs at the NFR or to win the futurity. You know, so uh, I think every horse has its place. I'm really honest with my clients, though, probably to a fault. Uh, it's it's kind of abrasive at times uh, when I'm just like, hey, this is where we're at and this is what we're dealing with and this is what this cold is. Um, and you know, a lot of times these people have raised them and they want to stick it out and see, see where that goes from there. And sometimes I have told a client like, Hey, look, you know, we're 60 days in and you know, this is what we're looking at. And I don't think this is going to fit your lifestyle. Cause I don't think you're going to be able to ride this colt enough and let's sell this colt. Let's get your money out of them. And then let's find something that's going to fit your lifestyle better is, is what we're trying to match up horses that'll fit somebody's maybe busy lifestyle too. It's kind of a tricky thing because the colt, when they go home for me, most of them have a good start on them and a good foundation, but that doesn't mean you can throw them away like a finished horse for, you know, weeks on end and they go out there and cut them in two and hop on them like they're finished because they're not, you know. Right. So I think uh, just being honest about their lifestyle and where the horse is at, I think is really important because the fact of it is, if I'm not like that, with them, they're going to get home and they're going to know it anyway pretty soon, what, what the cult is and what they're like. So just honesty and, and being transparent about what the cult is and what the cult is is capable of, you know. Right. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> I've always thought that, I mean, it takes so much to make a horse, make a good horse, you know, um, and I'm not a horse trainer by any means, but I have certain horses that, that I, you know, like you were talking about, that 
the horse has got to fit you. And I'm so particular now, particularly at my age. I mean, I, I've got all this criteria for horses right down to color. I mean, and they, people can say what they want. I know the Cowboys always say, don't matter what color he is, as long as he's good. It does to me, you know, it's just one of those things, but uh, it costs a lot to get a horse started and going and and like right now I'm, I'm in the market for a new heel horse, you know, and I'm in the pretty much, you know, the team roping capital of, Arizona, at least, and maybe the world, but uh, there's a lot of horses here, and they're expensive now. I mean, really expensive. But so, sometimes it even it even seems like as much as it takes uh, to build to build one, does a guy ever really even get his money out of them? Sometimes, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, unless yeah. uh, unless a, a you know or a you know champion, you know, whatever uh, they can win money some other way or or you know so, some way it, it's paying for itself, but. That being said, I mean, you know, when you start them from from nothing uh, or from just, you know, ground up, do you ever do you when you're starting horses? Uh, I mean, do you ever, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say intentionally, but I mean, I, do you ever like cowboy? Them? Do you ever do they ever buck with you? Do you, I mean, I mean, a horse is obviously can buck. I mean, I've had broke horses buck before, but when you're starting them, do you try to do like a super gentle approach or what, what's your whole approach? I mean, I've, I've seen you on horseback. I've seen you on, on horses in videos and stuff. And I've, I've seen your rope and everything and I, and you're a hand, but, but you know, what, what's your theory behind that? Man, I if feel that, like, yeah, no, I feel like the first impression on a horse is huge. Uh, so I want that first ride to go as great as it can. Um, and so I do a lot of groundwork. I mean, however long that takes, uh, I'm not in any rush with that. I want to make sure that we get them locked in with me and joined up. And we desensitize them as much as we can. I do a lot of ground driving. Uh, I do a lot on the ground, a lot. Um, especially the older I get, I do more on the ground. <laughs> I get a little wiser the older I get. And uh, I take my time. And so, man, it's a handful of colts all year that really sure enough break into with me. It doesn't happen a lot. And I don't say that bragging. Uh, I'm just blessed to ride some nice horses and take my time with them and not rush them into the process, put some good solid uh, first, second, third, fourth rides on them and get them going. Right. And once I get them, you know, I might spend a day or two in the round pen uh, with a ride and then I'm out in the arena after that uh, to where they can get their feet moving. And as soon as I feel like I can put a winner in, stop on them and control them pretty handy, and which is pretty easy after all that driving and groundwork. There's a ranch back behind us uh, that I can get out on. They have some cows on it and stock tanks and trees and cliffs and levees and, I mean, a little bit of everything that I mm -hmm. can put those colts through. And I get them outside. We cover some country and I guess my approach is just kind of taking time to hear what the horse tells you they need. And I don't mean that to sound whatever. I mean, it is a cowboy deal because I get out and we're, man, sometimes a colt has 10 rides on it and I'm pinning their open steers on just to give them a job. And uh, they're not great at it and they're general roping steers, but it gives them something to do and shows them something. And I feel like what I've learned the older I get is that I, I got to slow down and listen to what the horses tell them. And, and I don't mean a preacher or anything, Dan, but I feel like that's that's kind of like God is with us, where he he could speak audibly to us if he wanted to, but he doesn't a lot. So he uses right. things like his word or other people or circumstances and trials right. or whatever we go through to speak to us, right? Right. And I feel like a horse, they don't speak to us audibly, so we got to slow down and 
check out all the small nuances that, that were, is it the ribs that are tight? Is it, is it a grimace on their mouth? Is it their ears? Is it their eye blinking? Like, what is it? The softness, the feel on a horse. If you take the time to do that, a lot of times they're telling you what's going on. So slowing down to understand what each individual horse. Yeah, I've got a program. I've got a general outline of what I do with all of them, but that varies from horse to horse, you know? So just slowing down to try to take the time to make a good horse, build a good foundation because the foundation on anything whether you build a house or a horse, that's everything, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I know it's funny, uh, you know, when, you know, cause I wasn't raised on a ranch either. And, and some of my first experiences were around horses, uh, with my uncle who had a, had a big ranch with his father-in-law up in, uh, Fort Jones, Aetna, way up Northern California. And we were going to go on a, uh, I think I've told this story one other time on, on the podcast, but we were going to go on a, uh, backpacking camping trip we're going horseback and it was with the the boy scouts but i wasn't in that troop or anything they were just letting me come with them anyway my uncle he took and i was going to ride this horse this white horse penny i'll never forget it and i she i don't know what she did i don't think she really did anything but he whipped her in the eye until her freaking eye was swollen shut and then we couldn't take her on the ride so that's like some of my first experiences being around horses and you know like it's it's to me, it's shocking now. And when I look back, I realize he was just a sadistic prick, uh, you know, unhappy with himself and his life. But uh, that being said, you know, the older I get and the more, you know, I'm, I'm around animals and, and horses, you know, everything really. You just you know, like you're saying, you've got to look at everything from their perspective. And, and I hate to see uh, horses where, you know, somebody's just on them, abusing them and just floating their teeth every freaking time they're jerking the reins back. And I'm not going to say this guy's name. This was quite, quite a few years ago, but he was a big time PRCA guy and uh, pulling a, a big sponsored bloomer trailer. And, and I, I love bloomer trailers. I love the owner. I had him on the podcast, but this guy here was just pure evil. I watched this guy beat a horse in an arena at another top PRCA guy's place and nobody did anything, you know, and, and like I said, I was pretty new to the game kind of then, but I just thought, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, you know? And, uh, and, and I mean, anyway, I talk about that a little bit sometimes. I maybe get off on a tangent, but my, my point is, is that, you know, I see you with your training, your horses and the way you ride horses. And there's something that's really beautiful about, you know, just about that whole, I don't know, it's just the cowboy thing, you know, when the horse is just, uh, you know, working great and doing what you want it to and and uh, and doing it because it wants to do it, you know, uh, I don't know. It's uh, and, and that, that horse captain. Now, the other thing, too, is is a lot of these horses, I mean, they're, they're not fully grown. And how long does it take for a horse to breach its full potential in height or size? Oh, I would probably say five coming six where they get all their mass that they're going to probably have the rest of their life and you're going to have people that are going to say seven and you're going to have people that are going to say four for me i think it's somewhere between five and six depending on the horse and at four i think they've got all their height and i think after that they need a little more mass on them but yeah i think yeah it's somewhere between five and six for what I've experienced. Yeah. So when you're riding a two year old though, so you know. you know, they're they're is it is it different just because they're smaller? Uh d- does it feel different? Like if you go from you know your two year olds and then you're and then you go to you got you know, say you ride a horse that you rope on regularly, um that's you know fully grown. Is it is there is there a you know, is it strange or different or weird to you, or is it just something that's just natural because that's what you do? 
Yeah, it's definitely what I do, but there's, I mean, you're not wrong. There's definitely a difference. Like if you took the same saddle off a horse that you were roping on and then I put it on a two-year-old and the rope horse weighs 1,200 and the two-year-old weighs 850, you're probably going to have to take right. the stirrups up a, a hole. You know what I mean? Like it's all of a sudden everything's tighter and more compact. So, yeah, I mean, there's a difference in body type on those two horses, a, a pretty extreme difference, but it's what I do every day, so it doesn't really – it's kind of, I, I ride more of them than I do the road horses at this point. You know what I mean? I ride a couple of road horses and yeah. the rest yeah. is two year old. Now, do you, do you, uh, yeah. like take any, uh, any of your horses of your own and, and train them up and sell them? Or do you just mostly do clients or? So that's what I did with the captain. Uh, and, and I try to have one a year. I have a, a really cool, half brother of that horse right now out of a pepto beans mm-hmm. there by that same jack of diamond stud and uh he's really cool uh he's a two-year-old i think a whole lot of him and uh i have some big plans for him he's mine i try to have one in the works for myself while i get go through all these client horses as well i throw one of mine in the mix making good uh, and then, you know, whether you sell them or not or keep them for yourself, you know, uh, that, that'd be up to you when you get to that point. But uh, I, I try to, I would like my program to ride, right. I think, more of my own, obviously. Uh, but that's a quite expensive thing to do, too, right now is ride, a, ride your own because uh, you got to go find the prospects and prospects aren't you. Oh, they're just so expensive right now. You know, finding finding prospects is just so expensive right now. You know, and it's it's that's a tricky deal. So uh, everybody knows what a good horse costs, even a good prospect costs in Texas these days, and uh, it's it's real money. And so you got to give a little to to get that type of product. You kind of you know what you right. spend is what and, you and get what what is the range time, for you know? for a good prospect? And in and, and then also, uh, you know, for somebody like me, I, I'm somebody that you know. Uh, likes an older horse that that you know just is kind of push button pretty much um but older and and by older i don't really care how old they are you know as long as they're still sound and healthy but um what do we, what what what's the range now sure. for some people that may not know just a prospect uh to you know a, a good finished you know young horse to you know older horses man i think like on a two-year-old you know that's going to vary with age because if you go to two-year-olds i mean right and again we're talking rope horses we're not talking you, right. you go to cutting horses that's a whole different ball game you know what i mean but we're just talking about real horse prospects i think those colts you know a good two-year-old somewhere between 15 and twenty-five thousand. you know usually and then the three-year-olds can be somewhere between 20 and 30 and look i don't set the you know somebody might say yeah. a mile to this i see them go for that uh, the good ones that I think would be worth, you know, that have some look to them, that have some wow factor to them, and good paperwork. Guys out here, they know what they cost, yeah. and there's a lot of guys that buy those up. Uh, and so I think somewhere in there, and as far as a finished horse, you know, it's kind of whatever a guy wants to spend, you know, he might cost somewhere between 30 to 60, right. you know, depending on what a guy wants. Now, could you get one? Some guys are going to listen to this and say, oh, I got one <laughs> for 8500 last week. I'm sure you did. But I don't doubt that. And good for you. And if you yeah, find some more, <laughs> exactly. you buy 10 of them. You know, but 
it, they're just not out there like that a lot. And if you're looking for a quality product, it's kind of like buying a pair of cowboy boots or something, yep. you know, or a pair of good spurs, you know, it's kind of what you yeah. want to spend. Well, it's funny because I, I bought, typically. I bought several horses from Randy uh, back in the day, you know, back in the nineties, like 1990, 89, even I think 89. And I, you know, I paid, I probably bought four or five horses from him and I paid probably on the low end, 3,500. And on the high end, I remember this gray horse I bought from him for 7,500, you know, in like 1990. And, you know, you know, and, and that, I mean, it was still lower expensive back then. I mean, that was, that was, that was money, but it's like, when I think about what right. it takes to, to make one, you know, and, and uh, it's no wonder they're as expensive as they are, you know, and, and. Right. Well, you can buy that same two-year-old and you can put 10,000 worth of training into him and say, you got him, man, I got him for cheap. I got him for 15. Well, then you put 10,000 in him. Well, you might could have went and bought a three-year-old for 25 right. with all that stuff already done to him. So it's right. just whatever right. a person wants to do. You know what I mean? The process that I do, I feel like a little more, you know what you got, but you need to be a little more advanced too to know how to ride a young horse and how to handle them and not blow them up. And so it's, it's a kind of a tricky deal. Right. Kind of person by yeah. Person it's interesting. Case, I, I, I had a really nice horse that I, I got from Cody Cowden and, um, and I sent him over to, uh, Cody was like traveling and whatever. So I sent him to this other guy, top trainer dude. And, um, anyway, that horse just never was the same. And I ended up selling him, but, uh, do sometimes horses things happen to them if, if whether it's the, someone that's riding them or what do they do to them that they don't get over it? Do you do you, you find that or or is it? Well, because I do so much of the young horse deal, I don't you know like I don't see a lot of that. I don't have finished horses coming to me like problem horses, so that's not really my thing. But I think yeah, an animal can be traumatized. I mean, I think if they get hurt or something. And, Something scares them enough. It's hard for them to forget yeah. that. They're intelligent. Yeah, it's uh, sure. it's interesting. Well, like I said, you know, I'm I'm in the market for a horse right now, and I'm 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 not in a hurry at all. You know, and and I've been to the sale here a couple couple times, uh, and uh, you know, I know what they go for up here uh, at that sale anyway, which is crazy. But um, but there's a lot of guys up sure. here that got them, and and it's just it's just finding the one that that really fits. You know, that I really get along with, and uh, it's it, it's. I don't know. I'm, I'm particular. And I think a lot of guys are, but, uh, I went out, I, I roped, Oh gosh, what a few weeks ago out and was in Temecula out at this guy's place. And he had like 25 head he bought from, I think off some ranch in, in Nebraska. <clears throat> and he paid a lot for all those horses. I mean, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, he had a, they had an old horse there that, that just, you know, knew its job and, and could rope and they, I could get on it and, you know, not worry about anything. That's just kind of you know the horses I like I like to ride, but I don't like them much over fourteen three. So that's another thing too. Now I like them I like them short and buff. <laughs> anyway, so um, you, how long have you lived in Weatherford? How about how? A year, I've been in Texas five. I lived in Stephenville the first four years, and I lived over here. And then uh, I'm training out of Slick Robinson's place here, actually in Brock, but just west of Weatherford. We have a Weatherford address. It's kind of tricky. It's just a little community just west of Weatherford in there behind Teskies. And 
Uh, man, Slick makes some really nice rope horses, uh, really nice. He, he doesn't really ride outside horses. He makes his own horses, and he, he ranches on them at his father-in-law's ranch, Burwell and Clark, uh, in North Texas up there. And when he comes home, them horses are broke, and they've had a job, and, uh, man, he gets them gets them really nice. He, has, I mean, he pretty much makes a nice bridle horse and then turns them into a rope horse, and they are uh, they are extremely nice horses. I've learned quite a bit from Slick just since training out of here and being around him, and uh, it's been good. It's been a good year. Uh, yeah, no, uh, good year remind me again, the, the fraternity that, that you guys uh, were in was the, what rope horse fraternity was it? It was the American Rope Horse Fraternity Association World Championship, okay. is where I was at in Fort Worth. Uh, they have futurities kind of throughout the year all over, um, and, and that kind of culminates the end of their year there in Fort Worth. That's the World Championships. My buddy Cade Rice won it the open on the hillside, and uh, Ren Richard won the head. Uh, and then, and what, did you, what, did you, what did you win when you were there again? I'm going to reserve uh, champ uh, on captain nice. there in the limited. Uh, and what I want. And, and captain, yeah. he's the head horse, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's a head horse. That's typically what I make. I ride some two-year-olds that are going to be heel horses right. or whatever, but that's right. the same, same foundation, whatever. You know, we want them all turning around and stopping and controlling their body and everything. That don't. That doesn't matter what they're going to do. I don't I've made some rain cow horses or, or horses that right. are supposedly going to be that, you know, and it's the same foundation either way, you know. So, hey, are you yes, uh, you planning on coming up to Wickenburg this year again? or? Man, I plan on it uh, sometime after Thanksgiving. I'd like to come for the yeah. big week they have there before Vegas. Uh, that's that's kind of the plan right now is to haul over there and, Give these colts a few days off and rope for a week or so over there. Nice, and, um, uh, have some fun. Uh, so wait a minute. Was it last year you were here? You guys? What was it the year before? No, okay, it was okay. The year before last. That's right. Year before last. Yeah, yeah that's yes, right. Yes, um, I, I guess that uh, uh, they may be selling that place out there uh, where you stayed before Aaron's place. I think they might have that for sale. Did you hear that or no? Right, right. No, yeah. yeah. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. I hadn't really kept up with them that much. I do love Wickenburg, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah, I think right. it's a cool, cool place. It'd be, uh, be cool to winter out there one day or something. I think it is a sure Hey, well, I'm a, we're getting ready to get to the end here, but I got to ask you the three questions. Uh, I always ask everybody, what's your favorite hat brand? Man, that's hard. I don't really have a hat sponsor yeah. or anything. I wear a lot of Resistol. Uh, my buddy Will over there usually keeps me in a pretty nice Resistol, but I, you know, I'm not bound to anything. I don't guess. Yeah. I like to, I wear a hat every day of my life, so it's yeah. gonna be something quality if it goes on my head. Right, exactly. It's not gonna stay there How about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? Man, uh -huh. I've been wearing Finolio for the yeah. past couple of years. It's a Texas made, just with a riding heel and a little cutter toe on them. And I'll tell you, I've got a really wide foot. I wear a, a double E. And so riding them Colts, sometimes if you get some of those right. boots with the double stitch lines on them, 
they can be pretty tight in them stirrups, and you don't want to be on a two-year-old with tight stirrups. You don't want that. So I like those Finolios. They've hold up, I think, for yeah. the price point. Yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've heard of those. I haven't owned a pair yet, but I know a lot of guys like them down there. Yep. How about cowboy movies? Yeah. You got a favorite cowboy yeah. movie? Oh, man, hands down. I don't know how anybody can say anything besides Lonesome Dove, but I just I probably quoted it way too much, and I didn't. If anybody says the beginning right. of a phrase out of Lonesome Dove, right. just in real life, they're not even quoted Lonesome Dove. I'm going to probably finish <laughs> yeah, it with the yeah. Lonesome Dove. I think a lot, I think a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got Lonesome yeah, Dove Tourette Syndrome. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Absolutely. Dave, hey man, congratulations on Absolutely. on uh, your, your your win on Captain. That's so cool. And uh, you get out here this year. Definitely, we'll we'll connect up, have dinner, and if you got like some little badass heel horse that you're hauling with you, that uh, maybe might be for sale. Maybe I have to try him. <laughs> Just right. Just right. All right, that man. Well, hey, we'll catch up with you soon. And uh, and and again, where can people go find you on social media? Man, Sharp Horses on both Facebook and Instagram uh, and TikTok. Sharp Horses is, is where I'm at. Uh, I don't put performance horses on there. They're all going to do that, but predominantly my thing being two-year-olds, I just didn't right. – I mean, they're not performance horses yet. They're two-year-olds. So, uh, and, I, and I'm going to sell some here and there. I'm not big into the sales, but my personal horses uh, that I know that I've made so uh, I just wanted to do just plain yep. out sharp horses. Well, like it's, it's, it's got a good ring yeah. to it anyway. I hope so. I hope they're, I hope they're what right. they say they are. That's All right, Dave. Hey, anyway. man, well, you have a good day, and then we'll catch up soon. You bet. Thanks a bunch, Dan. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I'd drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends 
No matter who wins down at the roping pen. Someday I just might be We'll turn another pen of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen down at the 